Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I want to do anything I can to help us uh, grow and mature in the th- in the things that God has designed us and desired for us to grow and mature in, and that's the understanding of life, amen? The understanding of life. And that's what we're doing right now because we're looking into uh, how how do we think like Jesus thought? How do we be like him? And a lot of times we we hear that comment, but it's something that you're like, that can't happen. That's impossible. Well, it can, and it's not impossible because God says to. And if he says to, he's making a way. And it's a lot of times we, we misdefine words or terminology. We think being like Jesus means that we, come, we become exactly like him. And that's not at all what it means. That's not what the word is trying to say. The, it, it ultimately comes down to this. The Bible is trying to get us information to have an attitude like Jesus. That's what it comes down to, an attitude. And that's what we want. We want to have all of us in here. We, everybody can raise their hand and say, you know, how would, how would you like an attitude change? You know, and it might not be right now, but it could have been two hours ago while you're getting ready for church and yelling at your wife. I, I know that it has happened here. It's for someone on the live stream. But the point is, is we all need attitude changes, right? We all need attitude changes. So this is what I'm trying to get the information to us so that we can start transforming. Everybody say transform. That's what this, this uh, quote, Christian life or being a follower of Jesus is about. It's about the transformation process. That's why we're here. We're here to transform. And, and why is that so important? Because, see, that's what impacted my life into the faith is I saw someone walking in this transformation process. It was different. It, was, it sounded different. It looked different. And, and believe me, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about religion. Because religion tried and could never turn me. No way. It had to be real. It had to be life. And what impacted me was this real life that was being transformed. And so that's why we're still here on this earth. Because people need to see transformation. They need to see the ability to be different. Because everybody wants different. Everybody wants different in their lives. Everybody wants better. Everybody wants things changed. Everyone. It's in every person on this planet's DNA to desire change. It's natural. And that's why, you know, millions of people before the new year are going to, you know, you know they're going to sit out there and go, this is what I want to change. This is what I want fixed. This is what I want to happen. And, and of course, the highest percentage fail. And it never happens, and it's year after year after year. And that can bring a lot of uh, a lot of naysayers, a lot of attitudes like this stuff don't work. But everything works when it's worked right. And that's what we want to do. We want to learn how to work right the Word of God. Amen? So you ready for this morning? All right. 
The title again is Words Equal Life. Words Equal Life. And this is something I, I've, I've taught so many times on the tongue, so many times in the area of, of, of the power of words. So I'm not really getting in depth in all the different scriptures as far as words. But what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to lay the foundation in an area of James that's going to help us understand this area of the tongue. Because again, when it comes down to it, uh, what makes Jesus different from anyone else? And, and that's the thing we have to look at is, is what is it? What is it that, that draws us to him? Because we, we want to say miracles. Well, miracles happened before him. You guys forget about Moses and things like that? I mean, well, not that it was during our time, but still, either was Jesus. But it wasn't miracles because there was miracles done by many different people in the Bible. Many miracles, massive miracles. So it wasn't the miracles. It wasn't signs and wonders. Those, those are all awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, but what it was is his words and his attitude. His words and his attitude. And that's what impacted our lives, what he said. And so it's important to pay attention to that, amen? Listen, when it comes to words, we all know the power of those things. I mean, how many of you have said something, regretted what you said? Yeah, I know five of you do, and the rest of you, you, you regret and you didn't say the truth right now, you know? But y'all know you do. You do, and, and usually the ones that don't raise their hands, they do it all the time. We're the ones that do it just every once in a while. I'll regret that one. But we speak those things out. It's almost like you're going, oh, let me get it back. Let me get it back. And it, it, once it goes out, that's it. Once you speak those words out, and there's so many things that you can look through life and go, oh, my gosh, I regret, I regret, I regret. And, and it's tied to what? Actions. But actions are tied to words. Actions are tied to words. And so what we have to do is we have to pay attention to this area of words and where they're coming from, and by understanding that, that foundation, we can start changing things in our lives. And that's a process. That's what we do. We change. We go through the process of change. I'm not, this ain't about overnight, you know, transformation. That's no, there's no such thing as that. This is a process. Say process. That's what life's about. Everything in life's about process. You're born on this earth. Process. You grow up, process. Everything is a process. So, you know, it's all of a sudden we talk about church, religion, Christianity, whatever you want to call that stuff out there, or being a follower of Jesus, our assumption is it happens overnight. When you see Jesus, everything's perfect now. And that's so far from the truth. Actually, it, it becomes a greater pain. Things become amplified all of a sudden, you receive Jesus, and, and you don't have any friends anymore, and you used to have all kinds of friends. What happened to them all? Your parents loved you. Now they hate you. You were invited to all the parties. No one wants you around anymore. Think about it. What? And you're going, what's wrong with this? All I did is receive Jesus, and I'm not going to kill myself now. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to, you know, uh, get DUIs anymore because I've received Jesus. And everybody's so mad at that. Gosh, you're not going to come and get drunk with us. And, and we all make fun of each other for a whole Sunday morning. Oh, what's wrong with you? You think you're better than us. I mean, isn't it idiotic? And we all went through this stuff. But the point is, is 
it isn't about this, it happened overnight and everything's better. It's a process. And once you understand that, you can come to church and you can gather together without this, this ugly feeling of conformity to another Christian's viewpoint. You should be this and you should be that and where's your faith and this. That's idiotic. And the person saying it is at the lowest level of this faith that anybody can be. The key is we need to understand the process. And that makes us more merciful with one another. Even ourselves. Even ourselves. And so that's so, so vital for your success. You know, in everything in life, we get this. Everything. We understand this. But this, this, this Christian faith, it just, it flips, it changes. And you get saved, and after three months, you should be able to float in the air now. You know? I mean, really, it's, it's, it's that crazy. And people don't like to look that way or see it, but it's true. It's amazing what it turns people into. But that's what religion does. It's so ugly and so evil. And that's what Jesus came at three and a half years. He was making that very clear, making that perfectly clear. And I know people don't like to hear about that, but it's a fact. That's a great, great, greatest evil on this planet. So let's go ahead and we'll pay attention. Let's go to James chapter three, verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's a pretty powerful statement. I remember uh, when I first read that, I got so scared. Like, I don't want to teach. Why would I want to teach? Why, why? Judged more strictly? I mean, it, I don't like that. And so I really shied away from it being in any position of, of teaching in the sense of, look what requirement goes along with teaching. And it's amazing because James has to say this to his church group. Why? Because everybody thinks, I want to teach. I want to be the teacher. I want to be a teacher. And it's amazing how God in his word had to clarify this and say, no, not you guys need to understand something. This is a few are chosen thing. This isn't everybody gets to do it or everybody wants to do it, so let's do it. And then he says, why? He says, because when you sin in this position... There is a great, great position of judgment upon what comes out of your mouth. In other words, you can't just throw up and start, I'm going to teach because you want to put this tag on you, this super spiritual title. And I've seen this so many times over the years where people think that they should be teaching and they teach and that's just, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And it's because of that's their image. They want to be seen some way. And God is saying, listen, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for the process of how to do things correctly. This statement anyway in the position of instructor would be like, a, like the master teacher or the head teacher. That's pretty much what the Greek language is saying. So it's not saying you can't be an instructor. You can't teach in the sense of helping because we teach all the time. Everybody teaches. Parents teach. Everybody's teaching. You're teaching, right? But this is in a position of instruction to groups of people, and you're influencing them through those words. 
And he says, greater judgment is upon you. Now, this again, I've heard, I heard taught in, in a really bad way. I remember I had this guy years and years ago. And um, I was, I was going to go on vacation. And I needed someone to teach. And this guy was in our church for a few years. And he, he always was studying the Bible. And he had this Bible software. And he was always talking about it. And, and he just, he was always talking about everything, about teaching and instruction. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to let this guy do a Sunday while I'm gone. You know, he's a nice guy. He's, he's, he's very faithful. Uh, good guy. Good guy. And he gets up and he does his thing. And I come back and, you know, we didn't have, you know, live stream or video at that time or anything. So I had to listen to the cassette tape. You thought I was going to say VHS, didn't you? No, the cassette tape. So I'm listening to the cassette tape and I'm going. And 18 things needed to correct it. 18 things that were not scripturally correct. And I felt so terrible. And I asked people, how was it? Everybody's going, great. He did a good job. And I'm going, where's my church at? <laughs> What's going on? And, and I understand it because, again, you got someone up here and pastor let them teach. So it's almost like, well, he's up here. But that's not how it always works just because someone gets up here. And we've seen that over the years. But the thing is, is I sat down with them. I said, listen, I need to let me help you on this. Now, remember, this guy's study master. And the first thing starts happening, his face changes, and he gets offended. And I go, I'm, not tr I'm, I'm just trying to help you right now. That's all. I'm trying to help you and understand. And, and it's almost like that offense was, is how dare you question me? And it really, really hurt me because I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be your pastor. Do you understand even what that means? I'm not doing this to make you look bad. I want to help you. Help you understand this because he starts right off talking about judgment. And that's not even talking about judgment. It's, it's the beam of seeing position of every Christian that stands before God. And it's actually an elevated platform in the Greek language. An elevated platform that they used in Olympics where they would stand up and receive a reward. But see, he didn't understand that. He didn't want to hear that from me. He wanted to use it as judgment and says, if you don't, you can be judged by God. And just talking, I'm like going, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Now, what type of judgment? Well, what is this platform for? Well, in the Greek, it was literally to receive reward or to lose some rewards. But it never was a judgment of good or bad. It was a judgment on performance. And so I went through that with him. And finally, he starts going, all right, I'll listen to what you have to say. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. I go, well, then you started with James. And you were talking about, you know, Peter, James, and John. And I go, that's not the James, bud. He went, what? I go, no. The only two disciples went to the distance of writing scripture out of 12. I know some of you are like going, what? I didn't even know that. No, James wasn't one of the disciples. Remember, James was the son of Zebedee. James and John, the sons of thunder. Just shake your head and you guys, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, so, but I mean, so what happens is, is the people, you know, again, it, it, it's, you don't know. And I had to go down the 18 points. And he, when I was done with them, he, he literally said, I don't know anything. I go, no, that's not true. You don't know a lot, but that's not, you know, not anything. <laughs> I was joking with him, but I did say that. The point is, is 
his instruction was to what he was doing. And he was not taught. Ultimately, he, he left. Just like, I don't know, maybe like six years ago, I see him at Home Depot and his life is in shambles. He wasn't in church. Miserable. And that's usually what I see when people act that way. And it's so sad, so sad. But again, it's this attitude, this arrogant attitude of, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher. And so all God's saying in his word is, is chill. And then he goes to verse two, which is really, really amazing because he says, this is cool. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Is that the coolest thing? I mean, it's like, he, he didn't say, but I'm really awesome. And you guys are in bad shape. He didn't say that. He said, we all. Everybody say, we all. We all. He said, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Well, that's right after he said, we have greater judgment. Isn't that interesting? Well, because if you thought of it as judgment, the way he did, the other guy, and the way most people, you wouldn't hear, we all make mistakes, the next statement. Do you guys write? Why would you do that? Greater judgment. Hey, we all make mistakes. You just, then you're saying stricter judgment a lot on you. But that's not what it meant because you now were taught. That's not what it's about, right? But again, we use the word judgment. We assume, we define by our understanding. So he goes on to say, he says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, this is so powerful. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect person. Now, the word perfect, y'all know my, my beliefs on perfect. There's no such thing as the word perfect, except when you're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God. When you're talking about his word, not that it's all perfect because you see a lot of imperfection in it, but it's a perfect thing, correct? So when you see those things, that's perfection. But when it comes to us, there's no such thing as perfection, you can see a, a, a sprinter, you know, break a, 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 you know, break the 10 second in the 100 and say perfection, and all of a sudden they're breaking nines. Well, what happened to perfection? You just used the term perfect, which was a lie because it wasn't. If it's perfect, there can't be anything better, right? Isn't that true? And what have we learned? We've learned that there can be some awesome things, but you can't say perfect because next year it'll change. Everything changes. So here it says, we stumble in many ways, and if anyone never is at fault in what they say, they're a perfect person. Or the Greek word literally means mature. They've come to maturities. They come to a fullness of understanding. It's not perfect. They've come to a mature state. Everybody, everybody hear that? So they become a mature state, able to keep, this is powerful, able to keep his whole body in check. When you're able to control this, you control your life. When you're uncontrolled, your life is uncontrolled. Please hear what I'm saying. Because what I'm talking about is everything that you want in life. You want this truth. You want this understanding because you're saying, I want help. I want change. But you're looking at all the, all the outward things for change when it has to start in the inward. You work the sin word, I guarantee you things will start changing just because what's coming out of your mouth. Please understand this. 
Nothing's changing. Nothing until it changes here. I don't care if you move to another town, you move to another state, move to another city, move to another church, move to another school, move to another whatever job. Nothing, nothing changes until this changes. If this don't change, nothing else is going to change. I guarantee you, whatever you're dealing with right here, it just goes over here, and then you get here, and you play the, you know, I'm, I, I love everybody, but this comes out, and you'll do the exact same thing. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart. That's where the key is, right there. You want to make a successful New Year's resolution? Right here is the key. But what is controlling this? Right here. Right here. Most people are trying to deal with failure before the day one of January. I need to, I need to make sure, I need to get through this, I need to follow through, I need to, and it becomes a works, you know, all this works program of, I need change. That will never work. Never. Anybody living yesterday? Anybody living tomorrow? Y'all living right now, right? When? Right now. How about 20 minutes from now? 15 minutes ago? No, right now. No, right now. Right now. How does change come? Change. Change isn't changed until it's changed. Right now. The process you start making now will establish the process for future. But you've got to make that decision. But we're looking big picture too many times instead of right now. Right now. And when we start looking at right now, things become a little more, so much more easier, by the way. So we want to pay attention to now. Amen? I like God's word. God's word's definition of James 3.2. All of us make a lot of mistakes. If someone doesn't make any mistakes when they speak, they would be perfect. They would be able to control everything they do. What I see this is when you have a disciplined tongue, a disciplined tongue, that is a sign of maturity. When you have the ability to not, not give your opinion, not, not, not speak, that's a disciplined tongue because it, it's what we want to do. We want to get our two cents in. But a discipline, a mature tongue has the ability to not speak. Not speak. And use wisdom when speech does come forth. I want that. I'm not there, but I want that. Amen? That's what I want. I want to be that. I want to be disciplined in my life in that area of words. Because, again, we've all regretted. Some major regrets, some small regrets. But either way... We remember the times we've said stuff and went, oh, gosh. Nowadays, because people are really, really lost, they use words that not only go forth invisibly, but they're written down in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you're sitting there using words, sin, and you went, no, too late, bro. You are gone now. You get those things out there, they're forever. Those words, this way, they're limited to who's listening. So the, 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 
the wreck isn't as big. Controlled tongue is a controlled life. Jesus said this in John 12, 49. For I did, this is so awesome. Again, all right. We have the mind of Christ. We saw that. And we're trying to become more like him. Correct? We want to become more like him. So we have to look at how do we do this? How did he do this? We want to assume Jesus did it because he's Jesus. He's awesome. He's God. But see, this is the problem is, is we don't really know correctly Jesus. For I did not speak on my own accord. This is the words of Jesus. I didn't speak on my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I need y'all to pay attention because this is what religion does. Religion says, pastor says, you got to talk like him. Pastor says, and they get so mad. Religious people hate that. They, they, it comes right out of their mouth. They don't like that. Well, wait a minute. Why don't you trash Jesus right now? Because Jesus said, I'm not speaking the way I want to. I'm doing what God told me to and how he told me. Well, then why aren't you ripping on Jesus? See, that's the problem with religion. They have no understanding of Scripture, and that's why they get caught all the time. All the time. There, there's, no, there's no foundation, no safety. It's all based upon feeling and opinion. And that will always get you in trouble. And I don't want any of you in trouble. I want you in a position of strength, empowerment. Amen? So the way you grow, the way you learn. First of all, this is the way you grow and learn. You hear something that is tagging your heart. Don't bear your head and don't look up, and all of a sudden you keep your head down the whole time. That's, that's not where you want. You want to be up. You want to say, hey, my bad. I've done that. I've been there. That's how you grow and mature. That's the first things. One of the first things my boys were taught is look at me. Because when they're in trouble, eyes go down. Just like you people in church right now, eyes go down. It's what people do. It's, you, you can't not stop it. It's the nature of guilty, right? right. Usually don't. Guilty. <laughs> I, isn't that true? It's just the nature. Guilty. But I don't, want, I don't want guilt. I'm not looking for guilt. I'm not looking for I got you. I'm looking for mature Christians that go, I own it. My bad. Let's move on. Ain't me no more. Not the, I'm going to carry this to my grave. you got a wretched life. That's, a, that's an offended life. You're going to live a life that's filled with pain. It opens the door to sickness, disease. I'm telling you the truth. This isn't just Bible. I'm telling you even what medicine, medical science says. Listen to the science. Listen to the science. There, now you'll believe me. It's fact. Amen. So let's hear this and, and, and allow ourselves to, let, let's learn. I mean, think about this. I'm looking at Jesus like, man, he's awesome. He's doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, I don't say what I want to say. I say what God tells me to. He commands me. Jesus, be you, man. Be you, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You were, you were born on this earth. Be you, boy. Isn't that what you would assume when you're not talking about Jesus? When you'd be saying that? Oh, yes, you would. Yes, you would. Right? But what was Jesus doing? He was doing what we need to do. See, I never carry, I'll never be able to be 
more like Jesus until I can talk like Jesus. Does that mean I have to speak Greek and communicate exactly the way he did? No. I have to have an understanding. That's all. That doesn't make me exactly like him. When no one knows what that's like anyway. But I have to have the understanding where my words are coming out like his would. And that brings a different attitude in life. Not a sissy, fluffy attitude. Not a weak, wimpy attitude. I mean, pay attention to his life. I mean, many times I'm cutting out scripture, not cutting out for the purpose of deceiving. There's no purpose. I don't need to read about Jesus calling a bunch of guys snakes. I want to talk about after what he said, you bunch of snakes. But I mean, that, to throw down that, do you understand what, what has taken place? He said, you bunch of snakes. Do you understand what he just did? He literally went to the highest level of religion. The greatest picture of God, God's plan on earth at that time. It was, it was wrong. It was messed up, but that was it. These guys were the the statement of God in a religious picture. And Jesus came on the scene and said, you guys are a bunch of snakes. To those guys, everybody else looked at them like, be careful, God will kill us if we do anything. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, yo. He didn't say yo, but unless God said yo. But he threw down like that. So don't look at Jesus like really timid and, and I don't want to offend you. He offended those guys all the time. I offend religious people all the time. Why? Because truth offends. But it's not because I want to hurt. No way. Jesus didn't want to hurt them. I don't believe that. I believe he wanted to get them stirred up because in the Greek, he didn't go. A bunch of snakes. He didn't do that. It's very emphatic. You bunch of snakes! Like that. (laughs) Anyway, let's move right on. He goes, I didn't speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life. Is that awesome? I know his command. I know what he's saying, what he's telling me leads to. It leads to eternal life. It leads to life and life more abundantly. And he goes on and says this. So whatever I say is just what the Father told me to say. Bam. Awesome. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. You know, have you ever, have you ever noticed that you're, you're raising your kids, you're raising your kids, and then you have family and friends that don't raise the way you raise? And what do you usually do as good parents? You have them watch your kids and you say, hey, raise them the way you do, and you leave. Oh, parents, you don't do that? That's interesting. But why do you act that way when it comes to church? Boom, there it is. It's always good to use common sense because it really helps us understand. No, you wouldn't do that. As a matter of fact, some of you go, you can't go, we're not going over to their house anymore. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? Because they're not like you. You're just trying to be like them. No, because you're wise, you're not dumb. And you realize that statement is idiotic. If I said, follow me as I follow Christ, I'm not trying to tell you to be like me. You can't be this. You can't touch this. 
All I'm saying is, is that's what I'm trying to get you to communicate the understanding, the words that I have in your way, in your way. That's all good. Amen. She gets up there. She gets up there. They don't dress like me. They don't try to do exactly like me. But the words, the words, the words that come out of their mouth should sound like me. They should. I mean, that, I'd be the pastor. I'm leading. It should sound like me. Let's move on. Jesus did this, and he looked normal. He heard the words of God. He followed the words of God, but he looked normal. What, what, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to say just because you're hearing and receiving instruction in that way, I only do what I'm taught, you still are you. Yeah, th- no one's trying to make you not you. I'm just trying to get you information to where you don't look silly. That's all. Information that'll help you and help us. So that when you're teaching, when you're, when you're out there in your workplace or your neighborhoods or wherever, and you're communicating this information you're getting from here, that it's making impact, it's influencing, it's touching lives. Because that's what we should be doing. This isn't for Sunday. This is for Monday. Everything in here. You're just not religionizing it. You're not Christianizing it. Putting the hallelujahs, praise the Lord, every, every other sentence. No, you're, you're getting this information. You're going, okay, I get it. I get this understanding. I'm getting it. And then you communicate that same foundation and understanding that's coming from your heart and even tied to your story. You might even right now are hearing things and going, yeah, that, that reminds me of what happened a year ago or last month. And there's story. And you're bringing story into statement, which makes it alive. Amen? Which makes it alive. 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. Not we can get it, we have it. So it's not like a struggle for something. It's all there. It's there. The ability to think and receive like Jesus did is available. It's there. It's open. It's, uh, the opportunity is there in us already. So we just have to walk in it. Walk in the understanding, I got this. I can transform, I can change, I can receive his instruction. How did Jesus say and do what the Father only says and do? Spend time with them. Oh, you guys don't understand that principle? You be talking like everybody you hang around with. Y'all, everybody talks that way. The people that you're always close with, you're around, you have that specific lingo. And that's, this isn't good or bad. This is truth. That's all I'm just saying. It's truth. Growing up, y'all know that. You got around certain groups that you wanted to be in with, and you talked their lingo, right? Isn't that true? Specific groups. Jocks have their talk. You know, skaters have their talk. You know, the, the, the auto mechanic groups have their talk. You know, everybody's got their talk. You know, everybody, everybody has their talk, their lingo. And you conform to that lingo. It's your way of connecting with that group. And Jesus had his lingo. Think about this. What did it not conform with? Religion. 
religion that represented God. And what does lingo sound like? God. What, what are we supposed to be doing? Not being religious. Having this, now don't be going on calling people snakes. All right, I'm just telling you that. Don't be going up to, you know, Nana and going, you snake? <laughs> you snake? <laughs> That's not what this is about, amen? This is a whole different message right now. James continues in verse three. When we, put, this is very powerful, this whole picture. You're gonna learn a lot. I know I did this morning. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, he's talking about the tongue. This is all about the tongue, okay? This is all about words. When we put a bits in the horse's mouth, they make, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as, a, as an example. Although they, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, put bits in the horse's mouth, rudder on a ship. Likewise, the tongue is small. Notice small, small, small. Small, small, small. The tongue is small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It's arrogant and prideful. Now, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear language that's very negative in the area of God's description through James of the tongue. God's description through James of the tongue. I guarantee you, James is writing this going, man, I, this person before, and you might think, why would he say that? Because James was Jesus' brother. And he didn't follow Jesus in the beginning. He wasn't one of the disciples in the beginning. Can you imagine that? Jesus is the older brother, and you're like going, he gets all the favorites. He gets everything. Mom gives him everything. So you know, you know they're all just trashing Jesus, and I'm sure they said things that they wish they never said about him. But ultimately, James got to a place where he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. That's pretty powerful, huh? That's pretty powerful. And, and when you read James, you read, I read it. I read into the book of James and see a life before Christ. And it, it's very powerful when you look at it that way. And this is one of the books I'll be teaching, too, through the university. There's quite a few of them, which I'm looking forward to. Anyway, when we put, we look at the small part of the body of the tongue, it makes this arrogant, prideful attitude. Consider what a great forest is set on a fire by a small spark. There's nothing worse than seeing devastation of what a fire can do. It's the worst thing in the world. An area you used to go to that was so beautiful, you drive up and it's just dead trees everywhere. You ever been up in the mountains where you've seen that? California is like, it's all on fire. I mean, it's just, it, it's losing hundreds of thousands of acres. And that just didn't come up. I've been in areas where I haven't been in like over 15 years and go there and it still looks destroyed. It doesn't look like, ooh, everything's better now. It doesn't. It probably won't for another probably 80, 100 years. But see, that little spark, that little campfire, that cigarette, that little thing destroyed hundreds of thousands of acres. Just that little thing. Isn't that interesting? And now he's saying the tongue, that little spark, 
that little, little part of your body. Look at what it can do. Isn't that scary? It says, the tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. The Greek word literally is word where we would get stained. It stains it. It stains it. Corrupt is still a good, good definition as far as what corruption does is corruption is a process. Is it an automatic? You don't just become corrupt. You take a process of corruption. Corruption starts as, well, I'll just take this. I'll just take, I won't do anymore. I'll take that. That's the beginning of corruption because that point of stealing, you continue to steal. And so it corrupts. So it's a process. Everybody understand that? So what it's saying is this, is this is a process. This is what it does. It corrupts. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's powerful in the danger of the tongue. How many have experienced the danger of the tongue personally? And it hurts, doesn't it? Doesn't it hurt? I mean, I've taught, I've told you about things that were spoken to me. How can I talk about those things? Because it's still, I still remember that. I'll never forget that. Now, do I have an issue with it like that? No way. None of it bothers me at all. But I can still tell you, how can I still talk about that? How can I still talk about when I was in fifth grade? One of my friends got mad at me and called me big lips. Big lips. And all of a sudden, you know, you know how kids are. No, he doesn't. No, kids are big lips. Big lips McCluskey. Danny's got big lips. Danny's got big lips. I mean, just it was just because he got mad at me. The next day we're buddies, but he already threw big lips out there. I wanted to give him a big lip. And it bothered me. It bothered me for a long time. Pretty soon, kids go off, and they'll find, you know, uh, someone else to pick on. They weren't picking on me. It was just, uh, you know, let's, let's see if we can get a, a rise out of him. All right? And it did bother me until I got older, and then those puffy lips were awesome. But I, <laughs> like, yeah! But do you see what I'm saying? In other words, it, it, it's at that point, they don't call me that. I'm not a big bit. Anyway. But see, how can I talk about that now? So, so here I am at, what, nine years old? Like 20 years ago. I mean, it's pretty, it's not that long, I guess. All right. Set on course by fire. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. Y'all know that, right? What's the number one predator in the ocean? Number one. Orca, killer whale, number one. You ever seen them at a zoo or at the water park? Right? And what are they doing? Killing everyone? Tamed. I went to uh, South Africa and went into one of their, they have a lion park, not a lion zoo, a lion park. And all these, this massive acreage. And you get in and you drive into a, a gated area. They close the gate. And there's another gate. And then they, it's like Jurassic Park. And I'm thinking, this is like Jurassic Park. 
That didn't turn out. It never turns out good in Jurassic Park. And every, every sign is, don't roll down the window, don't open the, lock the doors. I mean, it, this, is, this ain't a zoo. And once we drive, it's like, we're, right now, you feel in the, because every sign was like, warning, 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 you're going to be eaten. And we drive, and finally we get to another area, and this time, no one opens it. And we're like going, I ain't good. no one's getting out. How are we supposed to get through? And all of a sudden, it opens automatically. And we look, and there's some guy in a cage up in there, like, going, how's he get out of there? You know? But anyway, we go in, and we're in this, and all of a sudden, lions. And they're not little lions. They look like the size of the vehicles. And they're just kicked back, doing nothing. Actually, some are rolling around, and just, and you're thinking, well, why do they have those signs up? <laughs> they look, I could go up and like, come here, you, let me kill you. But y'all know that it's an animal. And no matter what, how you tame that thing, you get out, they have lunch. And it just, it was a whole, just the whole experience of that was amazing because they're chill. But you know, I guarantee you, there's no way. You open that door, they're not chill no more. It's like, ding, 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 lunchtime, ding, 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 ding. And they will kill you and eat you. Not, they ain't going to sit back and go, ah, oh, one got out. <laughs> Whatever. But it was just that experience of feeling that, but seeing them so tranquil. And then we went through another part, and then we got this part, there were, the two of the big ones, they had to be separated from the other ones because they would have killed the other ones. And they come and walk right in front, and I'm in a van. And I was bold enough before to open the little window in the van. So me and another guy are like in the little van with our bodies up to here looking out, thinking we're all bad. These guys come out around a tree Bush, and we didn't see. And all of a sudden, they come out. We're both going, get, 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 we can't get down. We're both stuck because we're both trying to get down. And it's like, oh, they're going to kill us. We're trying, and people are grabbing us, going, get in, get in, get in. I about wet my pants. <laughs> and I was supposed to preach later on that night. That was terrible. But you think I would have been all cool. But no, no, you're not cool. You know how quick they can go, boom, hey. That's what happened. Hey, I'm taking you. And we're both going. I'm glad no one videotaped that. Because would, I would look cool doing that. That was so scary. But anyway, here we have all animals. All animals have been tamed. All animals. You think around, you think, I mean, Snakes, na, 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 na. and the, it's a guy playing the flute with what? Cobras and pythons and just—I mean, just all kinds of different things. Like going, can't tame them. You see the guys in, you know, Louisiana sticking their head in a crocodile. Look, they won't bite me. <laughs> like going, dude, that's crazy. How can you do that? Every animal, but the tongue, no man can tame. 
Well, that gives you a lot of hope, doesn't it? Here's talking about the evil and how terrible it is, and he goes, but no one can tame it. But that's the natural man. So no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. In other words, there's no restraint on it. Now we're thinking about this, we're going, God, this is in my mouth, let's cut it out. You know, let's get rid of this nasty thing. But what it's trying to tell you is this, is if you don't do something about it, it's gonna be ugly. People wanna find excuse, blame, and do everything they can about their life, but they don't wanna look here at this mouth. And we need to pay attention to this hole right here, right? And realize that if we don't do something about it, it's not going to do good. It's going to do evil. The nature of the tongue is evil. You ever notice normal, everyday conversation? Listen to what comes out of the mouth. Think about it. I guarantee you, majority of what comes in your mouth are being going to be negative toned or even in not in the desire of what you're communicating is going to be filled with words that use death words. Dude, you're killing me. Now, were you really, were you hurting or anything? No, it's a statement, but think about what's being said, death. Think about the, the words that are changed. Have you ever heard of, you know, what people use now? They use different, different words. And I know through the process of time, just working young people, you know, everything was cool and everything was the bomb. Bomb. How to get the bomb. And, and it continues worse and worse. And it becomes, why death words? But think about it. Everything is negative. Stop, stop. Bad. But we're, 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 we're trained to communicate. That's sick, bro. Why sick? That's healthy, bro. No, that's healthy. And that's tight. No, that's loose, man. That's loose. I think about it. That's bad. That's bad. That's good. That's good. You want bad, dude? You want good, dude? Now, I'm going to ask you something. Do the good things sound correct? No. Do, does that sound correct to you? Oh, you want good, dude? Man, that's good. That's good. That don't even sound correct. When you go, that's bad. That's bad. And then you're going, oh, that sounds good. But no, you say good. Don't say good. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, we're using words that are in this position. That's hard. Dude, that's hard. That's soft. That's soft. I'm challenging you all to change your language. Can you imagine us going out in the world? People are going to look at it and go, what? All right, moving right along. When you're done with Life Study University, you will talk that way. <laughs> Let's move right along. With the tongue, verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and when we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. With the tongue, we're going, praise God. And then we're looking at you and going, oh, what an idiot. He's saying, look what we do. Out of the same mouth comes praise, blessing, and cursing. 
my brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. That's what he ends it with. It ought not to be so. Well, if he's going to say that, what does that mean? It ought not to be so. That means there's a remedy. There's something we can do about it. Does it happen overnight? No. Are you kidding me? It's going to take a while. But again, it's some, our responsibility. Amen? Our responsibility. Important keys about the tongue. Key number one. Your words will determine your life. Your words will determine your life. We just read the scripture. We put a bit in the horse's mouth. We put a bit in the horse's mouth. When we turn the horse, the horse turns. We put a rudder on the ship. When we turn the rudder, the ship turns. The ship turns. Now, what we do is you look at what God is using in his word concerning the information about the tongue. He uses a horse and he uses a ship. He says, without the bit, the horse is going to do whatever it wants. It's wild. It's going, to, it's going to run, do whatever it wants. But once you put a bit in its mouth, you are in control of that wild animal. Well, who's he talking about? Us. Us. Because we can be wild animals sometimes, right? But we need a bit. Where? Where, where we need a bit. Yeah, exactly. That's how they got. So out of control sometimes. The point is, is that's what we do. We want, we want to learn how to have more control. We want to learn how to fix ourselves. But we want to learn how to bit our mouth. Put a bit there. Once the bit's there, you control direction of the wild animal, you. The rudder literally shows us the picture of how a, a ship, does a ship turn quick? No, a ship turns in a long term. But it says this, the ship is driven by wind. It's driven by current, correct? So the winds and current of life, the different things out there in life are moving and trying to deflect the ship. With the rudder, you can fight against the winds and the current. What are those? Circumstances in life. But you got to put a rudder on the mouth. So one, you can get a quick turn. The other one might take a little longer. But isn't that how words work? Isn't that how life works? See, most of the time, you look at this and you see small. Small, small. But what is the end result of a small word? Destruction. Isn't that crazy? Devastation. Out of a small becomes great. Out of a little spark becomes a forest fire. Out of a little bit controls, you know, a thousand pound animal. Out of a rudder, tons. Talking about tons being manipulated. So in, in, in all actuality, you're looking at all this mess, all this big, all this, this thing. It's rough, but ultimately it can be controlled. So that gives you hope, right? Shouldn't it give you hope? So now I look at this and I go, okay, cool, or hot, or bad, or good. I don't know. I'm just really mixed up right now. And I say, okay, if I can fix this, I can fix this. Well, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? And you have to come back next Sunday. And then I'll teach you. So the rest of the week, you're screwed. Hope you make it to Sunday. 
there's no way I can't there's this. There's no way I can get this whole thing in one service. Anyway, you guys understand. That's how I roll. It's a good thing. Father, we thank you for the word. And we thank you for already what we received. We want to grow. We want to understand that there are going to be times when we're going to hear statements that, hey, I'm guilty. Whatever. It just doesn't matter because ultimately the end result is we want change. We're not perfect. So there's going to be things we're doing wrong. There's things that we're not doing right or incorrect. Whatever the case may be, we can't take offense out of things that are wrong. We have to learn. We have to grow. We have to understand that we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect, but we're to strive to be better. And to do that, it takes faith. It takes belief. It takes hope. And when we do that, we put our trust in God. We trust in his word. We rely on him and know that as we take this word in our lives, we're not doing this by ourselves, but the greater one within us is going to help this transformation process. And our lives will change. We won't stay the same. But it is a process. So we can't quit. We can't give up. We can't throw in the towel. We can't throw fits, pity parties. We can't live in a life of offense. We have to grow mature. A life of a toddler will never produce success. We've got to get our emotions in check. And we do this by allowing the word of God to continue to flow within our hearts, within our lives. And to put this stuff to use, start putting this information into our life. And that's when we will start seeing the change that we so desire. Father, we thank you for that word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we believe that will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.